At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, everybody. I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to Dexter New Blood. This week, we're covering the eighth episode titled Unfair Game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many, so many, I think, meanings to that title tonight. What do you Mm -hmm. think? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a short episode. You and I were just talking uh, just just right before we uh, started recording about how short this episode was this week, how it felt like it went by so fast. It just flew right by. Yeah. Like the first, my first watch, it, I was like, oh, the, like this has gone so by, you know, by so fast. I wasn't even paying attention to like the runtime of it. Yeah. And then like, then seeing after, and then even on my like second watch and doing all of my notes and stuff, I was like, oh, I'm already like halfway through the episode, even like doing notes. Like I was like, this is just flying by here too. I was like, man, this is quick. Yeah. I'm, I appreciate the pacing because it, it definitely um, moved things forward quite a bit. Um, big 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 things in this episode and it didn't disappoint for me anyway but um too damn short and i I, i'm just i'm kind of freaking out thinking holy crap we've only got two more episodes look at everything that are all of these loose ends and we know how dexter hates loose ends um Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we've only got two episodes. How are they going to do this? How are we going to get them on these two episodes? I hope I have. I, I don't look ahead. Uh, you know, um, I didn't watch previews. I, I, I finally stopped watching previews uh, a couple of episodes ago. I was watching oh, the yeah. next on whenever the after the credits yeah. and stuff. But um, I, I'm like, no, I've decided I want to be surprised. And I still watch those. You, it's no, that's okay. Because I, I, I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I got to at least get a tease of what, what they're doing after this. So I, I have seen that. I do still okay. watch those. Okay. <laughs> well, good. That's that's totally fine. I And I go back and forth. It depends mm-hmm. on the show for me. It's not that I – because I don't think of trailer. And, and some people do, and that's okay. Um, but I'll watch trailers. I'll watch next week on, you know, for a show. But I've been, um, you know, kind of backing off of it just a little bit for a couple different shows just because I'm, you know, loving it so much and yeah. wanting to kind of be fresh. And even with some movies, like I love movie trailers. Like I will literally, there's, um, is it, what's the channel? I don't remember the name of the channel. There was this channel that I had on when I still had satellite and they would have like an hour of programming that was nothing but movie trailers. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like the, for me, the best thing ever. Um, and, and, and it sounds like, who wants to do that? Well, that's me. Um, a whole, yeah. a whole hour of nothing but movie trailers. It's my favorite part of going to the movies, the movie trailers. Um, so I, you know, I love trailers and 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 watching what's going to happen next week. But uh, been trying to kind of back away from that a little bit. So anyway, haven't watched next week's um, 
you know, little uh, peek into Dexter. But I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm really hoping that they extend the time a little bit. I mean, this is a, a yeah. it's a cable show. There's no commercials. Can we please get like a full hour, <laughs> you know, um, in the time? Because um, there's so much that yet has to happen. And, and I want this to be like a satisfying ending, you know? So, I don't know. So, you like this week's episode? Are you excited about it? Absolutely, yeah. I did like it a lot. Even though it was shorter, it was action-packed. I mean, the entire yes. time, I'm like, oh, this is really happening. Like, we're just like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Oh, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, So jump in with both feet, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So... It was very, like, edge of your seat the whole time. I was excited to see it. So it was, I, I was on that hook the entire time. And then when it's over, I'm like, oh, too. oh, no, I need more. What is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what? Don't cut leave to, me there. Cut to black and credits roll. What the hell? No. <laughs> yeah, that that hurt um, for sure. Um, well, I'm... I think there's so much to talk about and so much to unpack in, in this week's episode as there has been in, in like all the episodes. So let's not um, waste any more time. I have diverted us enough. Let's go ahead and jump into our top five. So Paik, if you please start us off with your number five this week. All right. Um, my number five is kind of, I just took one specific scene Okay. that resonated with me the most even though it's really like unsettling and a little like heavy for on a couple of different levels okay and that is i just called baseball the the pitching machine yes um let's talk about it yeah that because it, it was a really good scene for like some story and character stuff but also like i said just very unsettling and it had you know left me with some questions because mm-hmm. it's it's part of, you know, Kurt taking, you know, he, he takes him to the school, takes Harrison to the school. And the whole time they're at the school, whether it's while they're looking at Matt's accolades and talking about this stuff, which you notice again, every time he mentioned Matt in past tense only. And Harrison didn't pick up on it. Like, come on, kid. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad that you did, though, too. Yeah, that's a good pickup. You mentioned that in one of the other episodes, how he was talking about him in past tense and no one yeah. seemed to pick up on it. So that right. was a good observation. Yes, but but this whole time as they're going through like that stuff, and then he takes him into the gym and they have the pitching machine. Is he's spending this time on Harrison, talking up all of their similarities and kind of like bonding with him and having this. And I'm, I was like, what is Kurt's game? Is it like part of a ritual mm-hmm. that he's come up for this situation? Because we know his end game. I feel like we, at least me, I picked up pretty early. It was like, oh, he's just getting back at Dexter. Absolutely. By by taking out Dexter's son. It's, you know, a son for a son. It's have an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, so why is he putting so much effort into this, like, faux father-son relationship and really trying to point out all these similarities and, like, giving Harrison this, like, these pep talks of, like, be who you are and don't be afraid. Is he saying that for himself? Or is he really trying to instill something in Harrison, knowing that he's just going to kill him at the end of the day anyway? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, very confused as to why. Because Kurt seems to have a real connection with Harrison. Like, he seems to be joyful in those moments. And that's like with this baseball thing is he's showing off his own athletic skill. And then then having Harrison step up to the plate and he's like 
like parenting and coaching. Like he's, you know, helping him through that. Like he's like a proud father in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, trying to, to figure out what that was because then he just flips real quick Same. when it goes to doing those, those curveballs, And now he's pelting Harrison with the, with the baseballs. And there's just like this blank face, but almost in a way where you can tell he's getting this sick, dark enjoyment from it anyway. Yep. And then, of course, Harrison is in his own dark place during this, where it's kind of this pain is the, he want you know, instead of feeling anger, he can feel pain and he deserves to feel this pain. And it's this really heavy vibe on that whole moment there, because clearly Harrison is purposely wanting the baseballs to hit him. They mm-hmm. make a point to show him stepping forward closer to the plate. So he gets hit. Cause I was like, if he doesn't want to get hit, you take a step backwards, get your, with that ball, you're changing your pitching zone, step back. Yep. But he's purposely moving forward, making sure he gets hit. And it's kind of, because it's making him feel this pain that he feels like he deserves. And so it was it a was really heavy scene in there. <laughs> So it was like to see Harrison going through that, but then, and I still don't have an answer for like what Kurt's game was that he's playing with him and even with his own self, because it's not so much like, oh, just make sure Harrison's comfortable. So you lull him into this like comfortable place where you can get him alone and then, and kill him because there really seemed to be this back and forth relationship and Kurt seemed to really be connecting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it was hard to figure out exactly what he was doing there. And, mm-hmm. you know, what his end game was. Yeah, because it's it would make sense if it's like, oh, he's just trying to take him from Dexter, which is kind of what we would think at first before we realized he knew Dexter killed Matt and he's really trying to get back at Dexter. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he's helping build that rift where he's just saying, you know, People like you and me, and look at all the things that are similar about us. And then he's talking down on Dexter. Oh, Dexter never taught you how to, or Jim, you know, your dad never taught you how to do this. He never, you know, he never taught you how to swing a baseball bat and make venison for you. Awful father of the century award right there, right? Yeah. Um, just really shitting all over Jim and not, you know, and then building himself up as I would have never left you. I mean, that's a later thing he says. But why? why is he putting so much effort in this relationship building with Harrison when we know where he's going with this plan. You know, I, I don't know. I think maybe it was <laughs> part of a sick twisted game with, yeah. with Kurt just to make it all the more impactful when he did turn on Harrison. Yeah. You know, um, see that look on his face. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, yeah kind of sick this, and twisted. You know, it has nothing to do with you because I think you're a great kid, but it's all about your father and what your father has done is so bad that you deserve this because he deserves this to happen to you. Yep. It's, yeah. It's messed up. Messed up. That's a really good place to start. <laughs> really good place to start. Let's start with the heavy hitters. Um, I like that. Good. That's a really good point. Um, I... I want to start out my number five. I want to talk just in general, um, and I, I'll probably break it down in the rest of my points, but the the main, uh, or, well, maybe not main theme, but th- basically the hunt. Um, that's what a lot of this episode is. It's called, the title of the episode is Unfair Game. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a big hunt happening 
Yeah. Um, in many different storylines here in this episode. And I thought it was super cool because the hunt is for Dexter. All eyes <laughs> in, <laughs> are on Dexter in one form or another. And the intensity of this episode was off the charts. I mean, my yeah. anxiety was just <laughs> amped up. I mean, I watched this early on Sunday morning uh, before I had really even woken up, you know, fully and was just like, <gasps> you know, this is how I'm starting my day, full anxiety here. Um, yeah. So involved in this hunt, you have Angela, uh, you know, where we, we get to see that she is getting closer and closer to potentially making the connection to who Dexter really is and that he was the Bay Harbor butcher. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to talk more about that. So she's on the hunt, Um, but we don't um, on the hunt for Dexter, but she doesn't quite know why yet. Uh, Then we have Kurt, like you just said, Um, Kurt is hunting Dexter, but he's hunting him through Harrison. He's using Harrison to get to Dexter. Uh, Then we have the, the actual hunt, the literal hunting of Dexter, and that's yeah. from Elric, um, yeah. as he's hunting Dexter through the forest, um, which I'll talk about further in my points as well. Um, but what what I really enjoyed about this episode is is that this was an entirely different episode than what we've seen before yeah. from past seasons of of Dexter, and that's you know a, a part of that is that Dexter is the prey. Normally, he's the predator. He's never been stalked like this. He's never been hunted like this, where he's been the one, you know, in in danger this way. So it made it very exciting. Uh, It was very intense. And like I said, very, uh, um, you know, my anxiety levels were pretty high, So which which I loved. I thought it was great because just trying to figure out what was going on, Dexter being chased through the woods, something we haven't seen before. Um, was just really great. So wanted to just kind of start off and, and kind of talk about that for a moment. And um, I'm going to take a, a, a deeper dive into each of those in my points, but really thought it was great that they did something a little bit different. I like how they're freshening things up a little bit. Like there, there are some of the same kind of tropes that we've seen throughout the old um, or the previous seasons. I won't say old, but previous seasons of Dexter. Um that were great, but they're freshening things up a little bit. They've kind of evolved, yeah. kind of the same as Dexter's evolved a little bit, you know, and, and giving us something a little bit different. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that was it's really great. It, it stepped into kind of modern TV storytelling mm-hmm. because, you know, it was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, really. I mean, it was yeah. almost 20 years ago when it started. Oh my and God, so yeah. a lot of those early episodes. I mean, just TV itself was, you know, there's more episodes in the season and it was very formulaic. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Serial killer of the, you know, serial killer of the week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not really serial killer of the week. Murder of the week. Of so the we week. Get that murder <laughs> of the week. You know, who's the person Dexter takes out? And it's all very, it follows this formula of like each episode is its own contained story and there's not this overarching stuff as much. There's one big arc, but then each one stands alone outside of that arc. And you don't see that in TV anymore. And yeah. Which I think is a good thing. I love the way television is now where you have to stay engaged episode to episode because it's all one big interweaving of separate stories. But yes. 
But it's not just like, you know, you can't just jump in and be like, oh, here's what's happening in this episode without knowing what's going on the rest of the season. Yeah. TV is so different than what it was so many years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 great. It, I love something a little different, a little fresh. I love the intensity. Um, everything was really great. Um, and I thought a great way to, to start it off. Um, so, with that being said, what is your number four? All right. Uh, I'm just jumping all over the place. And so next one, I'm just going to jump to the end. Uh, (laughs) We're just going to leapfrog everything. We'll come back to it. But um, (laughs) I just call this one Dexter to the rescue. And so it's after he's done with his uh, being hunted and now he's back on the hunt. Um, I do like that. He uses the facial recognition recognition thing with the phone on Alric. That was so funny. Yeah. To get on there and do like the texting to Kurt, like, Oh, I'm on my way boss. You know, (laughs) Uh, which then he just covers the body with a tarp. So that's a hundred percent going to be found. It's a kid's summer camp in the middle of the floor of a cabin, like not even trying there, but he's got much bigger things to worry about than some dead trucker (laughs) that he left in a summer camp cabin. Yep. I guess Harrison's (laughs) on his mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's when he's hops in Elric's truck. He goes back to the truck, and he's taking off to save Harrison. He knows Kurt has him. Now, knowing what Kurt knows about Dexter, he knows that Kurt has hurting Harrison in mind. And he's he's got to save his son. Now, there's a little thing that I noticed that I thought was really strange or interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they did it on purpose. But why... Um, Dexter and Harrison do not have each other's names and numbers saved in their phones. Thank you. <coughs> uh, because Excuse when Kurt me. calls Harrison earlier in the episode, mm. it says Kurt Caldwell on Harrison's screen. But then Dexter is texting Harrison in the truck and he's just texting a number. And then he says, hey, it's dad. Stay away from Kurt. Don't trust him. And then Harrison's getting the text and calls on his phone and it's just a number, not dad or jim or you know i so. thought the same thing when he took his phone off of do not disturb and he has like that whole list of missed calls of from right. dexter's calling him and it's like 1717 was the area code and i was like he doesn't even have his dad's like number saved in his contacts right i just thought that's odd yeah neither of them did and i was like because even Dexter that was when you saw when he's texting Harrison on his side, it's just like a number up on the top. He doesn't have Harrison in his phone. It's like, what? Why would you? <laughs> at least I did. Uh, at least identify, you know, uh, right? And put put a name on it somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was curious too. I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> saw that and picked up on it. Yeah. So uh, he's going. We didn't get a lot of Deb in this episode. Nope. Uh, honestly, we only got her twice and it wasn't this like sarcastic goofy kind of sinister is not the right word but she's snarky and kind of digging Mm -hmm. you know that we usually get with deb instead it was just her even the deb part of dexter's brain was hyper focused on save harrison don't fuck this up save harrison yeah that's all it was and so that's all we saw so he's when he's driving she's she's the one even though again I reiterate this all the time. It's it's his own brain. We know that. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> but but being like, you need to text him and, and warn him. He's like, well, I don't want to tip off Kurt. But he does decide to do that, which doesn't really amount to much. Because Harrison no. does take goes outside to look at it and then just like puts his phone on like airplane mode. He's like, ah, 
I'm not listening to you, Dad. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> oh, darn kids. Yeah. But he does make it at the absolute last moment. Uh, it is enough to save Harrison. Uh, sends Kurt running away. Uh, unfortunately, Kurt does get away as Dexter and Harrison are together. And then they drive off and I was like, well, you should have at least grabbed Kurt's gun. Sit there and be like, hey, this this gun, he tried to shoot my kid with it and he shot at the truck with, you know, go go to Angela, uh, pull her into this. I don't know. We'll see next week if that kind of stuff happens, but yeah, <laughs> he doesn't oh. know Angela is on to him. So you would think um, Kurt tried to kill my kid. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if if how that would go. Uh, of course, about, if he brings Angela yeah. into that, then Kurt's going to be there being like, oh, was, that's because he killed Matt. You I know? was going to like, say, oh, now we're then, up to this. then we're opening it up to, to yeah. Dexter again, potentially being exposed, which he already kind of, that's kind of already happening, but he doesn't know that yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's, I think, too, too much, too many questions mm-hmm. out of that. Yeah, so Dexter's going to have to find a way to take care of Kurt himself, but it's putting Harrison in danger also now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I yeah. They know. they drive off, and then we get the 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 closing moment. So you you rescued him physically, and then Dexter starts his rescue of Harrison emotionally and mentally. Where finally, you know, as they're driving off, Harrison has a lot of questions, obviously, but Dexter has a lot of answers, and it's time for Harrison to get all of them. And I love. I have quoted from Dexter what he says to Harrison. Where he goes, before anything else, you need to know that you never have to feel alone with your dark thoughts again. I love that pause. <laughs> yeah. Love that pause. He was getting ready to say passenger, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you were probably drawn to Kurt because he seemed to understand you, but I, I was born in blood just like you. Again, there's a specific pause where you're waiting for like, I'm a serial killer. And then he's like, no, let me word this a little differently. Yes. Uh, be very careful. <laughs> they said, I had the same violent urges when I was your age. Like you, I didn't know how to deal with them. But my dad taught me a code, a way to channel those urges. I'm going to tell you everything. Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, I wasn't expecting to be so emotionally moved. Uh, during this episode, mm-hmm. but I totally was in that moment when Harrison practically leapt into his father's lap, right, and just h- gave him the biggest hug, and Dexter hugging him at least as much as he could with the one arm because he's he's driving, he's still driving, yeah. <laughs> um, and and when he when Dexter like l- lays his head kind of in. And like leans in into and kind of squeezes Harrison back. Oh my god! I yeah. mean, I I lost it. I just cried, just cried at that father and son moment. Um, it was beautiful. It was a, a great moment. Um, yeah, it was very emotional for sure. Yeah. Well, that's so that is my number four. <laughs> that is a way to jump right into it. Um, I like it. Uh, okay. Well, my number four, so I, I mentioned that I was going to talk further about all of the different elements of, of the hunting uh, this week. And so I wanted to start off with the hunt uh, in the woods. All right. Um, and, and the scenes that we got between Dexter and Elric. So, um, you know, 
I'll just start off by saying, you know, Dexter was was uh, zip tied in the back of Elric's truck, right? And then he made Elric uh, purposely crash. Yeah, um, he was helping him with his Heath Ledger uh, Joker cosplay. Yes, he, yeah. just giving him a little, little, you know, why so serious? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to hear how I got my scars? Right. You know? <laughs> I cannot do the voice, by the way. I would never be able to do the voice justice. Heath Ledger is a fucking genius in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, um, giving him his scars. Uh, and <laughs> Dexter gets freaking yeeted out of the truck yeah. <laughs> when it crashed. <laughs> Like somehow, like completely unhurt. He's just—he's like, like just bouncing right up, and I don't know if it was like some adrenaline or what was happening. But I'm like, dude, uh, you know, I don't think I. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised quick. to find like once they like get back to Dexter's house or you know back to the cabin there, and like everything calms down and all that adrenaline wears off. He's like, oh, my ribs are broken too. For, yes, oh man, I'm, like, I'm waiting for other injuries besides the gunshot, you right. know, uh, to, to um, manifest themselves because, and like I said, maybe it was, you know, that adrenaline. Most folks are still pumped full of adrenaline and they go into shock and things like that, that they don't feel the pain. They don't even realize how, how much they're really hurt until like later when they start to kind of that adrenaline starts to kind of come down and then yeah. the full extent of their injuries kind of reveal themselves. Not that I'm saying Dexter's going to be like completely, you know, but I feel like he ought to be, you know, I don't know. He ought to have a, a good bump on his head or something. I don't know. But anyway, right. um, watching him get yeeted out of the truck and then managing to get out of the zip ties. And then uh, Elric comes out and looks like he's a little banged up himself. Like he's not quite shooting yeah. straight there. You know, it looks like he's having a hard time focusing uh, his scope there on Dexter, but he does manage to get a good shot in, in the leg. Yeah. And of course, Dexter's yeah, bleeding which, all over the place. Yeah. I do think that was on purpose at first where we see him kind of aiming and then he goes down. Mm-hmm. Cause we do hear later Elric does yell to him. He says, Kurt, you know, order Kurt's orders were to bring you in alive. It's like, but he's going to have to understand whatever is what he says later. But I think at least that first time he, he aims for the leg to try to just drop him and keep him alive. Yes. But it does look like he kind of struggled with it because yeah. one Dexter's moving. It's, it's way tougher. And I don't know if people realize how tough it is to hit a moving target. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it is not easy, whether it's human or animal. Um, not that I've, shot at a moving human um but you know it's it's <laughs> it's it's a lot trickier um uh so yeah he gets that shot off in the leg uh doesn't help dexter in his efforts to run away because now he's bleeding all over the place he's leaving a trail right. but he's also just leaving a trail in the snow in general that's not helping him um mm-hmm. and i just thought all of these scenes uh these hunting scenes uh there in the snow between elric and and dexter were so intense this elric guy who's who's hunting dexter he's just you know plopping away in the snow got his big old gun this dude is huge he is a huge beefy guy and he is like a machine he just he will not stop and, you know, Dexter stops to, like, tie off his leg, and he's trying to gather himself. He's trying to find a way to, to get this guy off of his trail. It is not working. Um, this, you know, and what was interesting about this, uh, all these scenes, too, about Dexter being hunted like this, and, and, and for me, what 
was so intense about it is Dexter's completely out of his element, right? He yeah. is not comfortable in this environment. He's not comfortable in the cold. He's not used to the cold. Um, uh, where Elric, on the other hand, seems to be very experienced, you know, out yeah. in the woods, a very experienced hunter. Um, he's comfortable in the cold, it appears, and he's very good at tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that for me, uh, up to the intensity, um, as, as Dexter's being tracked and, and he's hunting him down, um, I thought it was hilarious, um, when he gets to the summer camp, you know, we saw the summer camp earlier yeah. in the season when they were searching for Matt and the, the group of kids, um, you know, all, you know, kind of hung out and were smoking pot and stuff there in the, in the summer camp. So we've seen it before. Yeah, uh, and it was so funny that line from Dexter. He's like, "Summer camp, perfect place for a serial killer to make his last stand." Yeah, it's like, okay, Voorhees. <laughs> yep, got a All little right. Jason vibes <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. Really love um, their uh, writing for his inner uh, dialogue. It's really great. And then once they get inside, uh, and, and Dexter when he picks up that knife. And that image of him with that reflection of the knife uh, on mm-hmm. his face. And he says, uh, the night is mine. Oh, my oh, God. So good. Yep. So good. You said you had all day. Well, I've got news for you. <laughs> the night is mine. Yes. So I, good. I squealed. <laughs> yes. I was like, dude. Which I get that original line from Elric. That was a joke I made in here. It's just like, you know, uh, which is because when he uh, Dexter gets to that like little bank that creek bank mm-hmm. and then stops because he has that line his fucking snow even a three-year-old could track me <laughs> and then yes. he he employs the danny torrance method mm-hmm. where he walks backwards Back in his tracks. own footsteps which i was like "Ooh, okay all right <laughs> getting a little shining action lots of little nods in this one um there are some shining nods yep i've got that in my notes yep uh and yeah but then of course elric doesn't fall for the torrance plan uh, oldest fucking he's like, oldest trip in the book. And they, yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah. Why would, and then he goes, I could do this all fucking day. I was like, all right. So you're, you're cosplaying as the Joker, but you're quoting Captain America. You can't, <laughs> you can't cross universes like that. Major nerd faux pas, Elric. Come on, man. Too many, uh, <laughs> too many nerd references now. Can't yep. do it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Slow, slow it down. <laughs> yeah, dude was not having it at all. I was like, "Damn, Dexter, Dexter!" You know, was I was really worried uh, about him here. Um, yeah, but it was super cool. We get him at the summer camp, and we get that neat scene in front of the mirror, um, which I, you know, was I feel just I think what you would kind of see at a kid's summer camp, right? This mirror I call it the, the James Blunt. Yeah, I called it the James Blunt affirmation mirror. <laughs> That was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yep, that fits. Um, yeah. But yeah, nice little affirmation uh, there in the mirror. Looks like it's in some kids' scrawl in different colors. And, yeah. you know, I think it would, you know, you know um, stand to reason that he, once he catches his glimpse, and at first he's aiming his gun thinking it's someone there when really it's just his reflection. Uh, and yeah. then takes that moment. And I think it would make sense for him to kind of stop and 
be like you know, like checking out like what Dexter did to him, checking out his Joker scars. Yeah, I um, want to see how I got these scars. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> I know I want to watch that movie. Um, right, but but yeah, I think that that works. You know, for me anyway. And then Dexter, you know, coming through the mirror. I you know I thought, damn, this dude's gonna. How does he not have all these cuts on him? Uh, I don't know. After being yeeted out of the truck through a window, and then now through this mirror. Right. But- the only only thing I can think of is if the mirror had like a like corkboard backing or something, or maybe like plywood, plywood or something like. To where whenever he came through, he just pushed all the glass forward into Elric and, like, there's a barrier for Dexter. Maybe. I'm just trying to, like, make some excuse for why I, he's not getting cut at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was I was, I was, was reaching to. Um, but I'm like, well, it's okay. It's Dexter. It's a fictional TV show. I'm just going to go with it. You know, I'm not going to think too hard um, about that. But, um, but, yeah, like you said, he, he takes Elric out. He gets he gets him and, you know, Elric's trying to tell him, like, you know, dude, it I was just doing a job, you know, it's nothing personal. And Dexter doesn't take to that at all. Feels nothing for him. He's like, it is personal. You're talking about my son and um, gets him in the heart with that knife. And he doesn't even have time to like relish the kill. Like, you know, Dexter before Matt hadn't killed in 10 years. And, you know, he, he was able to kind of relish that feeling that overcomes him, uh, during the kill and then of course after he always kind of you know has this time after where he can really just kind of take it in and feed that um yeah uh, within him no time for that with elric he has to get to um after matt he's been so busy trying to clean up the matt situation yeah it's all he's had to deal with (laughs) yeah (laughs) that even the like i mean he's only had two kills really since and both of them were rushed kind of botched ritual jobs he didn't get to do what he you know elric he just had to make quick work of and then jasper he had to like od on the fly and figure out a different way because his original plan was he didn't have time for yeah exactly so um so yeah i i I think there's there's you know more to come with that but yeah it was just intense this whole you know, hunt through the woods and, and ducks are so focused on, you know, this motivation of, of getting to Harrison, um, you know, because he knows that he's in danger. He knows that he's uh, with Kurt and, you know, he had those um, like that dream while he was in the back of Elric's truck, you know, sitting there dreaming about who how, or who Harrison could become, I guess, uh, yeah. and who he could evolve to. Um, or to be, uh, you know, he has that dream about him killing those bullies, the ones that attacked him, uh, outside the truck stop there. And that had to be, I think, kind of scary, I think for Dexter. Um, and I think that's when he, he, you know, not just the urgency to get him away from Kurt, but also to get to Harrison to tell him the truth. Um, because Mm -hmm. I think he realizes if he doesn't, then this is what's going to happen to Harrison, um, yeah. and it's, it's going to go sideways. So definitely, uh, some intensity during those scenes. And I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your number three? I'm going to go ahead and take that as well. It was my number one, but I will okay. shuffle them around. So we kind of follow in suit, uh, is yeah, just Dexter versus Elric Kane. Uh, nice. I think 
we covered pretty much everything because I threw in all of my little quips and jokes and notes as you were going. <laughs> Joker uh, references. If you want to throw yeah. one more in there, that's that's fine. You did did a did a fine one there. Yeah. <laughs> the only other one I had was yeah with er- Elric going. You know, forget Kurt's orders. You know, he's like, you know, Kurt said he wanted me to bring you in alive, but he's just going to have to understand. It's like, why so serious, Elric? <laughs> that was my other. Um, <laughs> that was my only other one. But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, all the other jokes and quotes and kind of notes and stuff I had about that I went to except for one I wanted to bring up I liked when uh Dexter leads Elric into the cabin so he can get a better jump on him mm-hmm. Elric walks in and immediately realizes one of the the big knife is missing from the knife block he goes stupid motherfucker took a knife to a gunfight and then I was just like, no, stupid motherfucker took a rifle into enclosed area to a Dexter fight. That's yeah. not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, he didn't think that through at all. He didn't know who he was messing with. Uh, yeah. For sure. But it was smart. I mean, this dude wasn't a, uh, I mean, he underestimated Dexter for sure, but he doesn't know who Dexter is. He just thinks he's right. regular old Jim Lindsay, right? Oh, yeah. When he's talking to Kurt on the phone, he's like, I've got your fishing game guy. Like, that's all he is to him. Yeah. He's like, you know, yeah, he was, it was easy. I got this guy. So he's, he's definitely underestimating him, but he also doesn't know who he's really messing with. Um, yeah. But he's not dumb i don't think by any means i mean he he definitely knew what he was doing while he was hunting um he definitely knew how to track in the woods he knew how to he clearly knows how to use that rifle and he was smart enough to pick up the fact that that big knife was missing you know so but yeah he just clearly didn't know who he really was (laughs) (laughs) if he was hunting down any other normal joe schmo totally he he's a very skilled hunter it's just Still no match for Dexter Morgan. No match for Dexter. Who is? Not, I say not too many people are. Yeah. Dexter is still here and a lot of people are not. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> because of Dexter, because um, he's killed everyone. Um, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Now I'm really, really Jones into go watch um, Batman. <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a while. It's a good one. All right. Well, my number three, I want to turn now to Kurt hunting Dexter using Harrison. Uh, and, and you've talked about um, the, the scene um, in the baseball um, cage. Um, and, but I, I want to expand on some of that a little bit. Um, because while... The scenes with Kurt and Elric uh, hunting in the snow uh, was certainly intense for me. These scenes, um, which you, you talked about earlier between Kurt and, and Harrison, were even more intense. Like, it just upped yeah. the ante for me as far as the level of intensity. Um, and I didn't think it, it could get even more intense, but it really did. So, Kurt picks up Harrison. You know, he calls him, hey, what's going on? Where are you at? Is your dad with you? You know, and like you said, uh, the entire time, Kurt's just like shitting all over Dexter, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, and, and not in a, I mean, in a way he's being obvious, but not like super obvious in the way that he's doing it. You know, if you really pay attention, yeah, it's pretty clear what he's doing, but, you know, he still tries to do it in a, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure he's tied up with something, you know, as he tells Harrison. <laughs> he was know. so proud of himself for that line. You could just see it. <laughs> I'm sure he's tied up. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so clever. You know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but so yeah, he's just like, oh, well, your dad just doesn't let up, does he? Uh, So, you know, just little 
jabs like that yeah. you know that he keeps he keeps going and and you know just to to knock dexter down and to bring him up in harrison's eyes right so like i said they go to the school kurt bonds with him over some time there with some baseball um but as you mentioned harrison goes up to bat this was so hard to watch for me i I really struggled and it was really emotional. I almost started crying a little bit. Um, you know, you know, Kurt gives him some confidence when he when um, you know, kind of coaches Harrison a little bit. Again, a lot of this father son uh what you would normally see as father son or maybe a father yeah. mentor or uh, sorry, a, a mentor um kind of relationship you know that you would see and he again gets a little jab at dexter like what he never taught you any of this and you know and like well you know just again all over dexter um harrison struggles a little because dude i mean when has he had time to probably just be a normal kid and play some baseball um you know i don't know what his life was like in argentina but he didn't have a father he had he had hannah um, which we've talked a lot about her and probably what her parenting was like. Um, and then he's been in foster homes and then on on the road looking for Dexter. So has he had time to actually play some baseball? Probably not. Um, so he gives him a little coaching and builds some confidence in, in um, Harrison. And then to see how he's like, and knowing that Harrison is like such a, a newbie to swinging a baseball bat – and to hitting a ball in general to be like, let's try some curve balls, you know, yeah. knowing like, come on, let's, <laughs> you know, let's get the kid comfortable, you know, uh, with, with a regular pitch. Right. Um, knowing that, I mean, I, I feel fully that Kurt knew Harrison was going oh, yeah. to get hit by this, uh, the very first time by the curveball, Um, and like you said, he's totally getting some enjoyment from that. He's wanting to punish Harrison, but it was so freaking cruel the way he builds him up, gives him the con- confidence. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Now let's do, now let's do some curveballs. And then he starts getting hit. And then as Harrison's like, you know, taking the hits and keeps taking the hits and he keeps inching towards the plate, like you mentioned, um, and he's like, nope, turn, you know, Kurt was like, nah, let's just turn it off. Harrison's like, no, keep it going. And I had so much emotion watching Harrison constantly take those hits because I knew exactly, I could relate to that so much. Um, You know, how, I mean, my heart just really broke for him and it was so hard to watch because in this, in, in this moment, he's, he's judging himself and it's like that he doesn't see himself worthy of any joy. It, he's punishing himself, you know, for the dark feelings that he has, um, you can see how, you know, after each hit, he keeps like, getting these flashbacks, right? He gets that flashback to when he met Dexter, you know, hey, I'm not the guy you're looking for. Gets the flashback to the podcast, you know, his mother's murder and, the, and, the, and Trinity, you know, in his memories. Um, you know, all, all of these things. And he's blaming himself for all of that. And so he's punishing himself, thinking that he can't have anything good and he's not deserving of anything good in his life. And he keeps getting hit, keeps getting hit. Uh, and look, I've been hit by, I mean, I, I love baseball and softball and played a lot uh, from the time I was younger until my adult age. Um, and it 
doesn't feel good. <laughs> you know, no. I mm-hmm. would not be surprised if he doesn't have like a cracked rib or something um, after all of that, at the very least. Um, yeah. And he takes it so much. It did look like it like split a stitch in his stab wound. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that freaking hurts. Um, I remember my daughter played um, fast pitch, uh, both travel ball and high school. And um, I remember she got hit pretty hard once uh, in the side. We had to take her to the ER because they uh, we thought she had a, a cracked rib. They examined her yeah. and thought she, you know, and I'm thinking she just had the one hit, you know, not all of the constant hits like that. So that's yeah. not something you mess with. So yeah, even even Kurt's like draws the line. And and because we know he's punishing him, so you know if he says that's enough, he he can't even watch Harrison hurt himself anymore, right? Um and then he decides to take him to the cabin and I know I'm just like um the whole time during that drive I'm like, "Oh my god, Harrison, no, 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 no. Jump jump out of the truck. Jump out of the truck." Um cuz I'm freaking out thinking that's not where you want to want to be, right? Um it's the murder cabin, right? And that way Yeah, the murder <laughs> Yeah, the, the murder cabin, the murder basement's not there as much anymore, but but it's still a murder cabin. Yes. You it, don't want to go there. Let's not go there, because uh, we know that's not going to end uh, end end well at all. And here he is. He's he's offering him some scotch. He's going to cook him some venison. And I'm thinking, oh my god, is this his last meal? Um, and Kurt kind of was the plan. Yeah, that's what he was doing. I know. My God. Um, and and this entire time, right, the entire time that Kurt, uh, since he picked him up and took him to the school up until this moment, Kurt is saying all the right things, all the mm-hmm. things that Harrison wants to hear from his own father. And it's just, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Um, and you can see how much it's getting to Harrison. I mean, he, he his facial expressions were so moving and um, mm-hmm. he was showing all that emotion there on his face um, at, at how much that was getting to him. And I, like I said, I was so anxious during all of this because I don't know what Kurt is doing. I can't figure, I'm like, are, is he going to hurt Harrison or not? Like, he's, he's, because I'm like, is he going to kill him or is he going to be like, come on, buddy, let me show you what I got down in the basement and, you know, show him the ways of like, you know, let me show you what I do. Let me show you what I enjoy. Because he's like, I think you should just be who you are and just do what you want to do. Whatever brings you joy and whatever brings you passion, that's what you should be doing. And I'm thinking, oh, God, is he going to show him what brings him joy? Is he going to take him down and show him how to, like, taxidermy a human body? Or Right. It's the way he worded it, too, that was just like, because mm, it was like, yeah, this week on super questionable advice given to a kid by some creepy adult. Whereas he goes, find what gives you joy and you do that thing. No apologies. Whatever it is that brings you pleasure in this world. I'm like, questionable at best. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that for me was was what made this so intense because I could not figure out like what, what you were saying. Like what the hell was Kurt's endgame? And I didn't mm-hmm. know what he was going to do. I'm like, it's like, is he playing with him? Um, you know, so total anxiety during all of this because I didn't know what what Kurt was planning on doing, if he was going to hurt him or was he going to, you know, throw his arm around his shoulder and go be like, come on, Betty, let's go stuff a human body. Um, (laughs) So, and then, you know, seeing Kurt walk out of the back room in his freaking hunter gear was like, oh shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not expecting that this is how it was going to go down. 
And of course, Harrison's completely confused. Uh, and, you know, Chris is like, oh, well, sins of the father. You know, this is not how I wanted it to go, but here we are. And forces Harrison to go outside. And it broke my heart to mm-hmm. see Harrison's absolute confusion about why Kurt wants to hurt him. You know, he's begging for his life. And it was so freaking incredibly sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, heart wrenching. Because it's. Again, he's putting the blame on himself. He's not yes. like, what the fuck are you doing, you crazy psycho? It's more, I'm so sorry. What did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? What? Let me make this better. What did I do? And it, yeah, your heart just breaks for him because you're like, this Kurt has built him up, given him all this self-confidence and self-worth. Like, I understand whole, you. Yeah. We're, we're the it's same. Like this whole day of having... Like feeling a connection to someone that he believes sees him and understands him, mm-hmm. cares for him, and then he just pulls that rug out from under him with a gun to him and is telling him to run. And so again, he's left in that place where he's blaming himself. Like, well, I must have done something wrong. Yeah, I must have said something because he already thinks there's something wrong with him. You know yeah. that there's something wrong with him. That's one big reason why he thinks Dexter left him and abandoned him ten years ago is because there's something wrong with him. Uh, that Dexter saw something in him and and was like, nope, not having any part of that, which is obviously completely false. But that's what Harrison believes. Um, so, yeah, seeing that look on his face and not understanding what Kurt was doing or why he was doing it broke my damn heart. I mean, mm-hmm. Harrison has been let down so many times in his life. And then it happens again, especially after, like you said, they had this, you know, this whole day of bonding where Kurt was pumping him up, you know, oh, your dad doesn't get you, but I do. Oh, well, guess people just don't get guys like us, huh? You know, and just that constant confidence building. He gets him. He understands him. And then now he's pointing a freaking gun at him and then tells him to run. Oh, my God. Um that hurt that I felt for him in that moment. And it was absolutely heartbreaking um, because I really empathize with everything that Harrison um, has been through. I don't think it um, it, like excuses his behavior, like acting out the way that he did, like with Ethan, you know, carrying around a a knife and and going after those bullies. I mean, I'm glad he stood up for himself to a point, um, but you know, I think he was going to take it a little too far there, uh, Mm -hmm. slicing them with a razor. But I certainly understand uh, his his emotions and acting out um, and all the trauma that he's gone through. So it was just, um, you know, really felt for him in that moment. I thought, damn, he just he got pumped up and then beat down again. Um, And that was a hard moment. That was hard. So and where do you think uh, Kurt went? When when he yeah, ran away, there he just kind of vanished into the in the woods like some giant white wolf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he had like uh, the the white snow camo, yeah. on and I you know it, it, Dexter looked back after him him and Harrison were hugging after he as you said earlier uh, rescued him, and he he looks up again after uh, Kurt had been running away, and it was like he was just like completely gone, like. Yeah, you know, I was like, "Damn, does he have like an, a freaking like underground bunker or something right. out there that we don't Murder know basement about?" Two point oh, it's yeah. somewhere over this there. This is my backup basement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I was like, "That dude disappeared quick." Uh, I know it was dark. I know he had the camo on, but there wasn't even like a shadow or anything left of him. So, super curious to know um, 
where the hell did he disappear off to so quickly? Um, but anyway, that's that is my number three. Right. Um, what is your number two? Uh, I'm just gonna do the same thing. I think I'm just follow. Nice. <laughs> Switch around okay. and do yeah the the very creepy dinner. Uh, was Oof. mine. Yeah. My, number two. Uh, and yeah, so just kind of add on if I've got any extra notes to that. Uh, I will say, um, just Kurt. Yeah, and his. I'll, I'll throw in some extra notes too about Kurt's interactions with Harrison. I was, you know, he's like, maybe it's just me, but I'm not so sure a grown man calling a 15 year old boy and asking, oh, where are you at? Well, I'm going to come pick you up. I have a surprise for you. That's, I don't think that's an okay thing. Um, (laughs) I can think of a very small few specific circumstances where that's not creepy. Yeah. Um, Red flag, red flag. Yeah. And of course, Kurt really does have nefarious plans, but you would think like, wouldn't Harrison recognize it? It's at least a little strange. However, I think the reasoning why they set it up is, they wanted us to really see that Harrison is feeling particularly alone and abandoned at this exact time. Cause when Kurt calls him, it's coming right off the heels of him seeing Audrey and being like, Oh, I'll, Oh, you know, let me try again and talk to Audrey. And then she's with Zach and he decides not to approach her and gives up. And so he's already that was hard to... down on himself for that. Yeah. And so he's just had this fight with Dexter. Cause it's coming right off of last episode. Yep. So he's already had this like fight with Dexter. He's going, I'm, you know, I'm fucked up and I'm a psychopath and you're right. You were, you were right to leave me because I'm, you know, whatever I am and storms off. And then, you know, Audrey doesn't want anything to do with him. So he's so low. So at this point, he's not thinking about how weird it is that Kurt's wanting to spend a whole day with him. He just needs somebody. Yeah. So Kurt picked the most opportune time. He did. He definitely got him while he was down. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, those like little digs, you said like the tied up thing. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt can't help himself with menacing little one-liners. Because another one that got me is while they're looking uh, at the all the trophies and the different you know letters and stuff that Matt had gotten, and he's you know again speaking in the past tense, but says something about you know well, so Matt's not coming home for Christmas. And he's like, oh no, I guess after the search and everything, he's just too scared to show his face around here. And Harrison goes, that's too bad. People are pretty forgiving, especially during the holidays. And then Kurt has this menacing look because he's look he's behind Harrison, so Harrison can't yes. see him. But he's like staring daggers into Harrison, going, "Not everyone." I'm like, "Oh, I know." I'm like, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "Kurt, Jesus!" <laughs> he just keeps it coming, right? And I'm like, "What are you doing to him again?" I was so confused. What are you doing to this boy? What what are, what are your what are your intentions? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and then his super questionable advice. I got, and then it's just like it's so unsettling how the whole dinner where he's telling these funny stories and having Harrison laugh about how you know when he first asked, I, I'm assuming that was like his ex wife or wife or Matt's mother or whatever this girl that he was into, and mm-hmm. the first time he decided to ask her out, and then the white trash line and all this, and he's just got him joking. He's like, "Oh, aren't you with that Audrey girl?" and you know, has him talking about that, and then he's got him confiding in him about, you know, I don't really feel any real connection with, with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, like, building all of this up. It's very, like, father-son, mentor kind of in nature, but then he just, like, flips it to where he just this certain time, like, looks at his watch. He's like, oh, time to murder you now. I'll be right back. Like... <laughs> Because you even said he's like, it just mildly inconveniences him. He's like, oh, damn it. And he's like, what? Oh, I have to do something. I'll be back. And when he comes back out, he's just like, you know, it couldn't go any other way. This is what I, I was like. After all the connection that you've had, 
Raven knows what he tells him the story, the fake story about how his dad, how Kurt's, you know, dad killed Iris. Right. Even it was actually Kurt that did it. But, but as he tells him that, and then he, again, one of those like little one-liners that has a, a deeper meaning yes. that <laughs> where he goes, sometimes a kid just ends up suffering for the choices of his father. And I was like, Oh God, why? Just keeps punching mm-hmm. and punching and yeah, digging and, and knocking Dexter down, elevating him in Harrison's eyes and deepening that bond between them two, which makes it even harder when you see how, mm-hmm. what, what happens there. Yeah. And so, you know, he's building this desire, Kurt is, mm-hmm. to get back at Dexter. Because all of this, he's, I think he's putting down Dexter and having this conversation with Harrison so that Harrison will tell him all the things that Dexter has done wrong as a father so that Kurt feels more justified in what he's doing. Like, yeah, you see, he's a terrible father and a terrible person and I need to take care of him. But he's doing it all, like, at the expense of killing this kid that he's been connecting with this whole time, too. Yeah. He's totally getting Dexter back for killing his son. He knows Dexter yeah. has killed Matt. He's responsible for it in some way. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, he's an entirely different kind of psychopath because he yeah. seems to, he seems so easy. Like he seems so affable and he's charming and he's just a mm-hmm. good guy. And I care about you, man. You know, your, your dad's a piece of shit, but I'm here for you. And he yeah. lays it on so well. Like he's so wow. believable. My God, Clancy Brown. So freaking good. If I was your father, I never would have walked out on you. Yeah. Now, hang on. I got to walk out on you for just a few minutes. Yeah. But, but I'll be right back. And I'm back. bringing my shotgun. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, a whole, the whole thing flips where that whole connection is just out the window. And he's just like, what, what are you doing? What did I do wrong? And he's like, I just have to kill you. That's just what it is. Flips. None of the stuff that we've, we've talked about matters anymore. It's like, that is absolute like psycho. Like, Absolutely. Just, How he just flips like that. And, and turns it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Super intense. <laughs> Hard to watch. Broke my damn heart. Yeah. <sighs> that was really good. Uh, well, my number two. Uh, the third element of the hunt in this episode, and that is Angela's hunt for the truth. Um, which is also uh, inadvertently uh, a hunt for Dexter. <laughs> yeah. And again, this one's my number one, so I will just piggyback on with some stuff as you go through. Excellent. Excellent. How this episode's working, and it's cool. Because usually it ends up the other way around. I feel like I end up stepping all over yours, so it's your turn. It's okay. It's okay. You get it. It's okay. <laughs> well, there's a lot to unpack, and, and we're going to run into each other's points, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> so one thing I, I want to point out, because I feel like um, – I wouldn't feel good about not mentioning just one thing that did bother me about Angela switching gears uh, to now focus on Dexter. Um, She has said that, you know, looking for Iris and what happened to Iris is like her life's work. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. that is probably the main driving point and main motivation for her to become a cop. Um, I think she 
you know, did have a true desire to probably help her community, um, being of, um, you know, part of the indigenous culture in her area, mm-hmm. feeling like she could probably make a difference, not just for her people, but just for her community. And also to maybe make a difference in the community as far as like these missing girls. And of course, Iris, you know, uh, she would have, uh, resources available to her. Um, this is something I think that's been a driving point for her, her entire life since, uh, Iris went missing and for her to just like, okay, I'm done with that. That's, that's closed. That's done. Uh, I'm now going to go investigate my boyfriend just seemed a little, it was a little hard to like make sense of that. She would turn her focus so quick. What did you think? Did you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause the, the reason that she started is it, it came up with Logan coming into her office and he's like trying to talk Dexter up, but he accidentally spills the beans on, on Dexter's dust up with miles. Yeah. The drug dealer yeah. Before. And he brings that up. He's like, you know, Oh, oh this know. little thing. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he almost killed that guy. And it's like, wait, what, what do you, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause she was in New Angela York. Didn't know anything about that. Yeah. And, but, but what really, spurred her on to go investigate that i don't know for sure because even logan says it was like but i mean i don't blame him because if it was my kid i would have done the same thing i feel like angela probably would understand that as a mother herself so i don't know yeah why she continued to dig on dexter after that i'm not really sure i mean it's it's probably just like going with her gut i i feel Mm -hmm. like she's got a pretty good instinct which obviously not a good sign for Dexter, um, right. but she's got a really good instinct. Um, I'm, I was just kind of surprised at how quickly she's like, oh, well, case closed on Iris, you know, because I, I feel, again, I, I know we talked about it when we had the episode where Kurt uh, gave his, um, not his confession, but like his father's like confession, you know, yeah. of, of what the story was. Um, I, I feel like she, I think, believed that too quickly. Um, so for, I don't know, it just didn't, it just didn't seem right to yeah. me that she just so quickly dropped the whole investigation with Iris and was so yeah, easy to accept I feel like she it. shouldn't buy, she shouldn't buy Kurt's lies, right? I, I, I really don't think she would. I, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I just, I wanted to start out with that because that obviously she's diverting her attention from Iris now onto Dexter. Um, she has her reasons why she's doing it, of course. Um, she has gotten some more information. Like you said, Logan has kind of let, you know, some information be known. And she's like, wait, what? I didn't know anything about this. So he tells her about what happened with Miles and at the bar. She decides to go and, and confront and ask him herself. Uh, ends up finding out. I think we talked about it when that episode happened, when Dexter did confront Miles and he stuck him in the neck with the needle. And we're like, oh, he didn't get to finish that out. How what's going to happen from that? Well, now we kind of see that he remembers being like stabbed in the neck and he still has. And I'm curious to know if um, he would really still have. I'm trying to I need like a timetable here of. All the events, yeah. because uh, I feel like only a couple of weeks have went by, like three weeks from the time Harrison has arrived uh, to to where we are now is kind of what I'm feeling. But I don't know that for sure. Um, but what's the time frame from the time that he attacked um, 
Mason outside the bar um, to when Angela goes and questions him. Because I'm like, would someone really have a wound still in their neck from just a needle? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that seemed a little bit weird. But anyway, you know, he's he's telling her the whole story about what went down, calling him a psycho. He actually remembers quite a bit from what happened. Um, definitely raises Angela's suspicions, you know, like, well, wait, he didn't start hitting you until after the cop showed up. So of course that's weird. Why would somebody do that? Um, then she learns about Jasper, um, asks Logan for more details about that, finding out that both, uh, Mason and, or is it Mason or is it Miles? Miles. Miles. Why do I keep calling him Mason? Why do I have that on my head? I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) So, Miles, sorry, Miles and Jim were at the police station at the same time. We know Miles didn't tip off Jasper because he was sitting in jail. They had a a hold on him for a while while he was in questioning. Um, So, of course, well, that leads to some some suspicion. Could Dexter have had something to do with it? The coroner is holding up to... um, you know, oh, this was an accident. Hey, you know, we've got a lot of drug cases around here. Not the first fentanyl overdose that he's seen. Um, he's not really, you know, thinking that it's um, anything other than just an accident. Um, but he also has that same uh, needle mark in his neck. And the coroner happens to mention ketamine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, here's where I'm, I have some more issue with the episode. Yep. I have, I feel like me and you have the same note on this one is why I was like, okay, hang on. We're just going to retcon things. Big plot hole here. Uh- <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am just, again, I've said there's a couple of things I can let go. Like I question it. Does it make sense? Maybe not, but I'm willing to kind of let things go a little bit because we kind of had things like that in the other uh, or the older seasons of Dexter um, in the previous seasons where you were kind of like, wait, what? Well, okay. It's Dexter, whatever. But here's where I have a problem. They mentioned ketamine. Now we know in this uh, season, uh, Dexter went and stole some ketamine from the vet. Um, because, because why, why did he go steal the ketamine? Because his usual drug that Dexter routinely used and mentioned was M99. Yes. Etorphine. Uh, Etorphine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's, it's very established in the original series that yes. yeah, M99, Etorphine is what he used on his victims. And so for her to search ketamine, Miami homicide and Bay Harbor butcher to come up, it's like, but that's not, canonical that's not what happened (laughs) no i have serious problems with this and i just don't yeah i i'm oh i feel like i'm gonna have to let it go but i don't think i'm gonna be able to let it go because it's it's in my head so yeah she decides and i i love that she's like googling she's not even in like her police like database (laughs) (laughs) she's just straight up googling she's like the rest of us citizen detectives out here Mm. that are just (laughs) straight up googling uh so she she does some Googling and then ends up searching uh, ketamine Miami homicide, wasn't it? And that yeah. what she put mm-hmm. in. I think I've got a, a, an image here on my um, yeah. screen here still that actually says um, 
when the ser- the search engine on the results, yes, that's what it is, Ketamine Miami Homicide on Google, the search engine explicitly states, uh, in reference to Bay Harbor Butcher, um, it says Dokes's victims were rendered unconscious with ketamine injected into their neck. Um, there's some additional results that um, mention the same thing. Um, Let's see. I've got it right here. It says, Serial Killer Collective, Bay Harbor Butcher, Miami Metro Homicide, realized that the killer was right in their midst. Homicide detective James Dokes, his victims were captured, rendered unconscious with ketamine injected into their neck. The second one says, Bay Harbor Butcher solved. Homicide detective James Dokes would use his um, access within Miami Metro Homicide. He would capture them, drug them with ketamine, and cut their bodies up into nine pieces, bag them, and then it cuts off. Um, that's just from the uh, webpage. Uh, that an- that uh, Angela was on. Um, so all I can sit here and go was WTF. Dexter didn't use ketamine. Um, and M99, um, as you said, was was really established. He routi- he routinely mentioned using M99, which is if for anyone that doesn't know, it's a large animal tranquilizer. Um, and he used that to subdue his victims. Um, the drugs are not synonymous with each other. Ketamine is a powerful medication primarily used for anesthesia on humans, whereas atorphine is legally only used for veterinary use. Um, Dexter um, ha- himself has mentioned about different ways to get drugs after he lost his access to a police department. Um And I think he even said it in that episode where he did steal it from the vet. He's like, you know, I have to I have to settle for ketamine. I believe that I'm paraphrasing. Um, But he he makes a mention of that, that this is not his typical drug of choice that he uses. Um, In Dexter season one, he explains his M99 uh, from the DEA by using the fake alias Patrick Bateman. Does anyone get that reference, by the way? That name, Patrick Bateman, is a reference to American Psycho, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, since he no longer has access to the same database sources uh, in New Blood, that is when Dexter goes to the vet, asks for ketamine to use on his goat, um, and that's what he used on both Miles and Jasper. Now, I don't think he actually injected it into Miles. No, Um, he he got the needle. Yeah, he had it ready, but he didn't actually able to inject um so i'm like i'm like you what are they retconning this yeah i was looking on twitter to see if any of the like official people with the show have said anything about it because there's a lot of people on twitter mad about this but the show has not said anything or none of the writers nobody nobody shit (laughs) i want answers yes Explain yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm about ready to march up on somebody and just be like, explain to me. Um, so, okay. I'm trying to explain it away. It's possible that there was maybe a mistake in Miami Metro's police records. Um, or I think sometimes... Ketamine can be confused with M99 by coroners when they're doing autopsies, so it's possible uh, that they mistakenly attributed the drugs in their systems to ketamine instead of etorphine. Uh, again, um, I don't know. Big, and then I, 
I, I went back and, and thought about it also. I don't know how much they were able to actually get from the bodies, the Bay Harbor Butcher bodies. Remember, they had them outside of Miami Metro in the parking lot. Um, Frank had the big, like, tent, refrigerated tent. And yeah. they were stored in that tent as they were doing their analysis on all of the bodies. They were cataloging them, trying to identify all of them. They were trying to run the tests and all of these things um, to try and solve the case. Dexter um, purposely malfunctions the freezer and uh, disabling it. And obviously, we're in Miami, super hot, the humidity, the bodies essentially just freaking melt. And... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and become disintegrated. <laughs> so there was really nothing left for them to do any further analysis on. I don't know if they had gotten anywhere in their drug testing and running a tox screen on any of those bodies. Many of those bodies had been sitting underwater for a very long time. I don't know how reliable any yeah. type of tox screen would be. Long. Yeah, I'm not a coroner like, or a doctor, so I don't have that information. But it seems like some of those bodies might not have had very good, reliable results after being in the ocean for so long um, and being exposed to the elements. So I don't know. I have a problem with this. <sighs> and yeah, I, I looked too. I was like, I need someone to explain yeah. what the intent was here. And, 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 and is it just so Angela can make that connection and get that piece of information to figure out who Dexter is and possibly identify him as the Bay Harbor Butcher and question right. him about it. But you'd, you'd think showrunner and writers would know. Fans pay attention. <laughs> <sighs> it's, you can't pull in past us like that. It doesn't work. <laughs> as soon as now, I mean, first when she, oh, well, you know, when she was first talking to Miles and, uh, and, and talking about Jasper and learning that he had been injected with ketamine, um, I thought, okay. Well, yeah, that's we know that's what Dexter went and stole from the vet. Well, he I say stole. I mean, he the vet knew he was getting it, but it was not for the intended mm -hmm. purposes. Um, but we know that that's what he obtained from from the vet. Uh, but when she put in ketamine, uh, Miami homicide and all of a sudden these Bay Harbor butcher results start popping up. I was like, uh, no, 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 no. There was a whole thing about his whole alter ego, or not alter ego, but this pseudonym that he made up um, yep. that was not tied to him. And he ended up having to delete it. I remember after this whole Bay Harbor Butcher thing, he deleted uh, that his name out of that database um, so it couldn't be tied to him or traced to him, you know, since the heat was really, you know, coming down on him. Um, and he was yep. really trying to cover his tracks. Um, and I, you know... That was a big thing. That was a big part of, of, you know, and mentioned many times. So I'm really curious um, yeah. about that. And I'm just, I'm unsettled. And I'm a little disappointed because I feel like you said they're, they're very careful and what their decision, what their decision was. Yeah. I agree. That's funny because that's like my last note on that whole like when number one is like Angela digging and we've talked about pretty much all that number one is just her kind of diving into this and looking into things finding the needle marks and making note of those that those are matching and you know all of that stuff but then yeah I got to that point I even the same thing it's just like so she adds ketamine into her search info 
and Bay Harbor Butcher comes up. And I was like, that's, that doesn't make sense. That's what I said. I was like, it's been established he used a Torfine. So why is ketamine coming up? <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just, I don't know. I just, I was trying to make sense of it. Like I said, thinking that it was a mistake in the police records. Was there a mistake in the autopsy and the talk screen? Did they mix up the drugs? I'm just, I'm not satisfied right now and I'm having a hard time letting it go because this is a a big thing. This is what's leading her down that, down that trail. Yeah. Um, And to possibly exposing who he really is again, you know, um, they could have done that a better way. You know, the, the, the needle marks. Great. Awesome. Make those connections, have her go down that road. But as far as Bay Harbor butcher stuff, you could bring, I'm, you have all of Molly's podcast episodes and that information. I know. Dig into that. Use I that. Mean, and she knows that Dexter was Dexter Morgan from Miami Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you search that and anything about Miami homicides and the big cases in that area, Bay Harbor Butcher is going to come up. That was yeah. a massive, massive case. Um, so I don't know. I I didn't like it. I don't like it. I'm still unsettled. And I'm not happy, and I'm probably not going to be over it for a little while until I hear yeah. some some reason. And I I feel like she's going to like confront Dexter. Like, are you the Bay Harbor Butcher? No, he used he used um, ketamine. Uh, I, I only ever used you know M ninety nine or or something like that. It's going to go some you know somewhere sideways. Like, no, no, that's not me. I don't use that drug <laughs> at all. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, really curious to see, uh, where that takes us, uh, because definitely, uh, some information spilling out there. I thought it was cool. Also in her search, um, there was that Instagram post, uh, from back in the Miami Metro days when he was on the bowling team with Batista mm-hmm. and Masuka. Yeah. I wonder if Masuka is yeah. going to make an appearance in these next two. That'd be fun. If that's going to make, um, <laughs> love to see Vince back. Uh. I know he was so fun. His creepiness and his mm-hmm. just weirdness and inappropriateness. Um, yeah, <laughs> completely inappropriate <laughs> at all times. And his, his, his little <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I can't do it like he does. I suck at that. Um, but yeah, um, and then the image of her when she was on the floor, uh, I thought was a good callback to Deb. Look, reminded me of yeah. Deb when she'd be all the papers, all the papers and pictures laid out everywhere. Yep, good, yeah. call, good uh, callback um, to Deb. So I don't know, but anyway, that's super, super great episode. Lots of great stuff, except for that one thing that's just really frustrating. But uh... it's very frustrating. <laughs> it is. What can you do? I, I've had, you know, <laughs> I. <sighs> I've had a few small gripes with a few things. I, I've tried not to just, you know, fangirl over everything and glaze over uh, things that I have felt that, um, you know, might cause a, a little bit of an issue for me as far as characters or story and things like that. But this was this is something that got me. And uh, I don't know, just trying to figure it out and understand where they're coming from and, and why they made that choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, that was my number two. Um what is your number one? You, I think you said that was kind of the flow yeah. into your number one, <clears throat> or was uh, that we covered everything? I think okay. my number one. Yeah, okay, we've done it. <laughs> um, well, in my number one, I, I think that we we covered that too, uh, and that was the father son bonding. Um, where at the end in the truck when we got 
uh, Dexter confessing that he and Harrison are alike. I mean, my God, we we've been waiting for this right and i was griping about it last week like oh my god dexter will you please just freaking have a conversation with your son i i i was torn because it's like how does dexter confess something like that that's something he's always held back um from telling anyone and telling his family and um but i'm like you look at what's gonna happen to your son so he tells him that we're alike you don't have to feel alone um, you know, you don't have to be alone uh, that you're the only one that has like these dark thoughts. Um, and then he tells him about the code and then he tells him that he's going to tell him everything. And in that moment when Harrison like leaps into his lap, Oh, tears. Um, yeah. and when he says to himself in his inner mon- in his inner monologue, and he says, if I'm honest, it's all I've ever wanted. Um, and it's so true. If you think back, uh, to season one, and how much he said it throughout uh, so many times in so many different seasons, how much he craved that same connection that Harrison has been seeking. You know, he knows that's not foreign. He knows exactly how Harrison feels, not just with his dark thoughts and his dark urges and not knowing what to do about them, but also craving that same connection that Harrison has craved. Um, he talked about it a lot. And in season one, uh, we heard about it a lot uh, when he discovered his biological brother brian who was also the ice truck killer um mm-hmm. that came into play a lot that was a, a theme of a lot of the episodes and conversations between uh, brian and dexter was that pull that someone really understands you like the real you not that mask that you that you put on for the rest of the world but the real you and that you can be yourself and you don't have to hide who you are that was something that, you know, Dexter always kind of struggled with was having to hide who he really was and put that mask oh, yeah. on every day. Um, that story went all through all of it, yeah. whether it was with Brian, which <laughs> ended, badly, ended badly, or Miguel Prado, mm-hmm. which ended badly, or Arthur Mitchell <laughs> ended badly, or uh, was it the kid, uh, Zach? Uh, oh, shoot. Yes, Zach. I can't think of his last name. But yes, you're right. Yeah. that Which also... Ended badly. Uh, I mean, Lumen mm-hmm. didn't end as badly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Hannah was rough. Uh, like, you know, there's, it never was picture perfect. You know, it's it's what he wanted, but there's always hangups. Some of them ending in him having to kill the person he confides in. Exactly. A lot of them ending that way. A lot of them ending that way. Yeah. So, you know, it's taken him this long to really understand that that's, you know, what Harrison needs. And um, I loved it. I loved it so much. I thought it was a beautiful moment. I cried. I can't help it. I thought, I, I know you're a serial killer, uh, but I loved it. I thought it was a great moment. And I definitely, definitely teared up. And I think that um, Michael C. Hall and Jack Alcott did such a brilliant job uh, in that moment. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder... I wonder how much Dexter is going to confess to Harrison, how much he's going to tell him. He's, he's, he's confessing to him right now, but he's definitely being a little careful about what he says. But, um, you know, I wonder if he's going to confess that he's responsible for Rita's death. And if he does, how will Harrison feel about that? Like, is that going to turn him right back on Dexter again? 
that he's responsible for his mother's death or I'm, I'm, not. Or will Dexter yeah. even tell him? I don't know. But I, I'm really interested to see what happens, hopefully, in this next episode. Because uh, I think I said it last week after Dexter, that ended before Dexter was kidnapped or, you know, taken by Elric, where he was like, I have to tell him everything. I was like, oh, so maybe we'll get it. Well, we didn't get it this episode because we had uh, all kinds of craziness. But now that they're together mm-hmm. and he's doubled down on, I need to tell you, and he's told Harrison, I'm going to tell you everything. Everything, everything? We'll have to see. But I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to tell me everything, everything, Dad? Um, well, and what I find interesting, uh, you know, during the first eight seasons of Dexter, only two major characters found out that Dexter was the Bay Harbor Butcher. And that was Deb and Maria LaGuerta. Um, mm-hmm. And something that New Blood is doing differently this time around is how Dexter has learned from his mistakes. We've talked often about how Dexter is like evolved. He's an evolving monster, still a monster, but he's an evolving monster and seems to be like learning from his mistakes. Um, he's still hiding his identity and who he is, but the show's changing how that information is is coming to be known. You know, Deb learned when she walked in on him while he was killing the Doomsday Killer, and he later admitted to her later that he was the Bay Harbor Butcher. Maria, uh, going off of a hunch about Dexter, despite, of course, all the previous years when she kind of ignored, you know, <laughs> all the signs that were there, um, she went on a hunch and uh, confronted him about and accused him of being the Bay Harbor Butcher after she figured it out and um, that, you know, he um, uh, framed Dokes for it. Um, Deb, because she found out accidentally, um, I mean, that makes sense because, of course, Dexter never intended for her to find out who he was. Um, but yeah. because of that, because she found out on accident, he never told her um or, you know, just con- told her right out instead of her having to accidentally find out. Um, she was never able to forgive him for lying to her their entire lives, and it completely broke their relationship. Um, yeah. And now, with Dexter's identity as the Bay Harbor Butcher kind of coming back to the surface again, it's it's this, it's more of a natural progression here in New Blood that that is different than what we had in the first eight seasons. You know, Angela is learning through her own detective work. You know, she's doing the work, she's doing the legwork, doing the the research, putting the pieces together. Harrison, uh, on the other hand, he's getting this father-to-son confession, which both of these, um, through Angela finding out, um, or what seems to lead, I think, that she's going to find out, and Harrison finding out, um, align, I think, with Dexter's transformation that you and I have talked about all throughout this season of New Blood and really shows his character's progression. Um, you know, uh, Dexter confessing who he is to Harrison definitely mirrors Deb finding out by accident, which completely destroyed their relationship, um, which in this case will actually make his relationship stronger with Harrison and I think will make Harrison trust Dexter more. Um, so I, I like so. I like those differences between the first eight seasons and what they're doing now in New Blood and how it seems, um, you know, Dexter's learned. Like, hey, you know what? That didn't work out for me before. Let me try this. So, uh, yeah. what about notes? Um, I might have already pretty much gone through all of my okay. notes too. So I will make sure. Uh. See, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> all right, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> done them all. We're good. <laughs> okay. Let me. I have just a 
few, I think. I talked about Kurt. Like, where the hell did he go? Um, that was like he disappeared. Uh, and and what's going to happen next next week? Um, I am curious. You know, when Kurt called Elric when Elric was in the truck, um, Kurt was in his embalming gear. Who? What was he doing? Was he? Was he working on yeah. someone on the table? It looked like he was in the middle of a project. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I have concerns because you know someone we didn't see in this episode? Hmm. Molly. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope that's not just like an off screen thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know any spoilers. I haven't watched anything about next week. But Molly yeah. was not in this episode. And Kurt was in his gear. He seemed to be working as he was talking to Elric. Like, he was in the middle of something. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, he was eyeballing her in the last episode. I I don't know that it was the last shot, but it was leading up to the very end of the episode where Kurt was eyeballing Molly. He was watching her. And it just kind of cut off yeah. at that point. I mean, clearly she is already pretty suspicious of him. She's not going to go anywhere with him willing. So if something did happen to her, he totally had to have abducted her. Um, So I don't know. I'm a little concerned. I didn't even really think about that, but you're right. (laughs) I don't know. That's that's Uh why I was like, is he was he working on something? And then that's, you know, I, I thought while I was trying to figure out what he was up to with Harrison, like, oh my God, what's he going to do? Like, he's really being chummy. Is he going to take him under his wing and be like, come on, son, let me show you how to be a serial killer, you know? Uh, or is he going to kill him himself to get back at Dexter? I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, oh my God, he was working. He seemed to be working on something in this was a basement, this room, wherever he was at. Is he going to take uh, Harrison down there and be like, let me show you the ropes, my, my, my friend. And is Mr. Krabs voice um <laughs> come on harrison be boy yeah. yeah yeah and and also um that speaking of like bodies what about elric's body is dexter oh my god is dexter gonna take harrison and be like uh, hey son here's a teachable moment for you let me <laughs> let me let yeah, me I, let yeah. me show I you mean, what, what what i do <laughs> It's definitely a loose end. And like he choked even way at the beginning of this recording is we know how Dexter feels about that. And because, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got some time because, I mean, obviously a summer camp is, is closed down for the winter. So yeah, no one should be out there. Um, it is winter. Um, but I mean, he didn't have a kill room set up. This was unplanned. Uh, so there was no yeah. kill room, not a clean kill. Dexter's blood is Everywhere, yeah. and it's all over Kurt. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 a little concerned that if he took Harrison with him, as as dark as what Harrison is, I'm still not fully convinced that he is this exact same as Dexter. I know he's got yeah. dark thoughts. I know he has feelings of wanting to hurt people, but I still don't feel like he's the same as Dexter. Um, So I don't think Harrison would be able to watch his father like dismember and clean up. Um, 
like he does. I mean, Harry, even Harry, who loved Dexter and taught him the code and knew what he was, when he walked in and 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 caught Dexter, he killed himself. Yeah, because he couldn't take it. He couldn't see and and couldn't bear to see the monster that Dexter truly was and the doc, the the, the uh, monster that he had created. I don't know if Harrison would be able to 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 handle that, you know? Um Yeah. So I don't know. I hope that I hope Dexter goes and cleans up his mess and leaves Harrison at home. <laughs> <laughs> um so I don't know. I don't know. So here's everything that I am and what I do. But um, you stay here. I'm going to go take care of it on my own. We'll we'll work baby steps. Yes, <laughs> we're not. You gonna, don't go straight to the cleanup. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't just jump into cleanup. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because, but I mean, it's a concern because um, his body is exposed. It's in. I mean, we don't know if there's anybody that does go out to the cabin just to check on things. You know, uh, hey, no leaks in the roof and storm damage. Or Zach or, and Scott and some of the other. Yeah, decide to go out there and. Going out there to smoke yeah, blaze and hang up, out. you know. I, I don't know. So yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely sand, and it wasn't clean. And like I said, his blood is everywhere. Um, is he gonna re- take his 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 um, ATV out there and start covering up the, the blood again? Right. <laughs> no. Harder to do that when you're when it's on the floor in the cabin and on yes. the door handle. Can't ATV that. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. Some concerns with that on what he's what he's going to do and how he's going to handle it. Um, there were some shining. You mentioned some shining uh, Easter mm-hmm. eggs. So just to call some of those out, these are specifically broken down by the director of the episode, Sanford Bookstaver. Bookstaver. Oh, I'm terrible at names, so I suck. I'm sorry. Um, he he talked a little bit about the hidden references um he said that the shining was his favorite horror film of all time and he said there were some shining-esque moments in the episode um uh, with the stalking through the snow which he says it's very similar to the hedge maze so Mm -hmm. called that out um he went on to explain more of the shining easter eggs that were hidden in the episode there is a 237 door in the summer camp dining area Ooh, I did not see yep, that. Yep, that they walked past. Um, there's a sign in the woods leading to the summer camp, but also on that same sign it says to the Overlook Hotel. I missed that too. I don't know how. <laughs> I know. I, I had to go back and look because I missed it. Uh, in Kurt's cabin, it's very, very subtle. The wallpaper is the pattern from The Shining. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you're a fan of The Shining, look yeah. out for those Easter eggs. Even on, yeah. Two watches I didn't catch. Yeah, the only one was like the most obvious is that I caught was yeah because I that was one of the jokes I made was the Danny Torrance method of him walking backwards in the, the footsteps doing exactly what Danny does in The Shining. Yeah, the hunt through the the woods kind of reminded me a little bit of The Shining and the hedge maze. But other than that, I didn't get mm-hmm. anything else until these were called yeah. out. I was like, I totally missed the door. I totally missed the sign, and I sure as hell did not pick up on the freaking wallpaper. Uh, from The Shining. And as much of a yeah. Stephen King fan um, as that I am, um, I have admitted that The Shining, I it kind of traumatized me a little bit way back, and it's not <laughs> one of my favorite movies. So I don't watch it often. It just kind of always just kind of freaked me out. And I watched it once and said, okay, I'm not watching it ever again. So that stuff doesn't um, stand out to me. At least it was very subtle. I'm not like a super fan where I would pick up on all those subtle 
signs um, at all. So yeah, totally, totally went over my head. Um, I also learned, um, which I thought was um, kind of cool, you know, um, Iron Lake is supposed to be in upstate New York, but they actually film in Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, I think guess there's a place called Shelburne Falls um, that was used often to create the little town of Iron Lake. But that was interesting. Nice. Massachusetts is beautiful. Yes. All right. Uh, well, I've only been to Boston, but I've been to Boston. <laughs> I've been, and it's um, it's beautiful, beautiful. great, great, um, but probably one of the scariest places ever that I've driven. <laughs> yeah, I didn't drive. I saw a lot of crazy drivers, but I walked and took the, the like train everywhere. I, um, yeah, after, after we, after I got there, I relied heavily on public transportation. Um, but Mm -hmm. when we got to the city, uh, I had to drive and I was scared out of my mind and I've driven (laughs) in many places. I've driven across the country. I've driven in New York, in Manhattan, in Chinatown and, you know, during rush hour and, um, you know, not, not bothered at all, but Boston scared (laughs) the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Um, but anyway, but beautiful, beautiful city Yeah, in Massachusetts is beautiful. Um, well, I think that has wrapped up this episode pretty nicely. Um, I don't know. I'm, I am going to be looking for some answers. I'm going to keep looking, um, I, I, someone's going to answer the whole ketamine thing. Clyde Phillips. <laughs> I mean, just say it. Just say it. Yeah, we did it. We retconned it. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But don't feel like you can pull a fast one on us. No. We pay too much attention. <laughs> we look and we listen and we pay attention. Uh, okay. So let's get into our listener feedback because I always am anxious to hear what our listeners have to say um, about this or um, each week's episode. Um, Do you want to take the first one for me? All right. This first one is from Tammy Barr, who says, I was on the edge of my seat during the fun with Kurt evening. It all seemed lighthearted, but knowing that Kurt had something devious planned totally made it so creepy. I hope Dexter and Harrison escape together and live out the code abroad in Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> another beautiful place be nice yeah um our very own uh podfather jason cabassi um said thank god dexter finally opened up to harrison next up serial killing training 101 lesson one don't get caught <laughs> <laughs> all right this one comes from josh he says first My prediction about Dexter dying or getting caught and Harrison taking over is looking even more plausible now. And I decided that I really don't want it. (laughs) Second, I know you guys said you'd like to see, you'd like to see it be a standalone season if they nail it and let it end here. For me, I thought I felt the same, but now I'm seeing only two episodes left. I don't want it to end. Third, would you and Pake, oh, it's just for you. No, (laughs) I know he messaged you this. So... (laughs) But would you be upset if Dexter ends up dying or locked up, which mostly kills the possibility of any return? Four, maybe it's because I lost my dad suddenly a little over two years ago and father-son stuff really gets me sometimes. But when Harrison finally felt a connection with Dexter and hugged him, I was on the verge of bawling. I can't believe there's only two left. I hope it's epic, but leaves the possibility for more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm... I, I think I'm with you to a point that uh, I still feel like if they can wrap it up in this season and do it in a satisfying way, 
then I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, but if it's a just yeah, it's if they be nail the landing, like you said, that like if it's completely, if it's so good that it completely takes care of all of my issues with the previous finale. Mm-hmm. Then, then yeah, I'm okay if that's where they want to end it because they've <laughs> they've made up for what they did wrong <laughs> ten years ago, yeah. and my heart feels a lot happier about the ending of Dexter now. That would be great. But also, if you want to put Michael C. Hall as Dexter Morgan on my screen more often, I'm not going to complain. I'm I'm not going to say don't do no, it. No, I I would happily <laughs> watch Michael C. Hall as Dexter for another eight seasons. Give yeah. me all the de- the Dexter. And I've read that he is just, he, he was so excited to come back as Dexter. Like, he was just thrilled to be back in Dexter's shoes again and to bring the character back. And he was having so much fun with it when they were filming. And just totally, like it was yesterday, you know, instead of 10 years ago that he had last played Dexter. So, I love that. I love that he was excited yeah. about it, which I feel he he would have to be, right, to resurrect this character after this long. Oh yeah. Um and to to bring this reboot to life, he'd have to have some excitement and passion about it. Um but that made me really excited. So, you know what? If if the right folks uh are are involved, if Michael C. Hall is into it and I'm into it. Yeah. I could, I could watch Dexter forever. It's one of my favorite series of all time. So I don't know. So, but I mean, yeah, if they do, if they do wrap it up in a satisfactory way, I could live with it. Um, and yeah, and I, and I get you about the, the father son stuff. I'm not a father. I don't have a son, but it, it got me. (laughs) (laughs) It got me in the feels big time. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Jason and Tammy for that feedback. That was great. Um, We did get an email this week from Fran. Uh, She says, greetings all. I'm just loving me some Dexter, LOL. I know you are too. Uh, Are we going to go through some form of Dexter (laughs) pressure when this is all done? (laughs) OMG. Uh, I think I am, yeah. Uh, She says, short one this week for Uh me. Uh, I'm lined up for the finale of season eight. Uh, I'm saving it for the weekend when I'll have some chill time. Oh, poor Deb. And yes, first time binge of the series for me. I found it absolutely fascinating to watch the evolution of the old Dex while while also watching the new Dex. And I'm just loving this new, older, harder trimmed Dexter. Mm-mm, good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, she goes on. The book, though, honestly, it got a bit boring, believe it or not. I may go back uh, to it to see if it picks up. Uh, you saw Harrison working that job, and he had the face cover and work apron on. Was that a prelude to something coming soon? I don't know. I think we mentioned how creepy that was, and maybe it could be some foreshadowing. I don't know. Um, is Dex Sr. going to bring Dex Jr. into an understanding of some kind, whereas maybe he's going to be the one who takes out Kurt? Hmm. I still don't like this kid, though. He doesn't have the science mind of his father. But the flashbacks of Rita and that John Lithgow, damn, so scary. Now, that wasn't Kurt's father who shot that girl. That was Kurt himself, right? And he's been doing it ever since. He needs to be Dextered. But it looks like Dex got to be rescued. What are what are we in for next? I'm ready. Hope you enjoy a wonderful Christmas. Stay safe out there. Blessings, Fran in New York. Um, yeah, I mean, I know there's some differences between uh, Harrison and his father, but he is, a, I feel, a genius like his father. He may not have that same science mind but he's not stupid he's very smart yeah. um very much like dexter 
Um, just hasn't had a code to abide by to really keep everything in. No, line. he hasn't had any guidance uh, like Dexter has. And I don't know. I there's. I feel Kurt might end up on the table, but who's going to do it? Will it be Dexter? Will it be Kurt? Will it be both? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I'm pondering. Um. Well, let's get into some voicemails. We got some wonderful voicemails from our wonderful listeners. I know our first one that we have is from our good friend, Anwen, who I know is just having an absolute wonderful time with the series and is geeking out uh, along with us. So let's see what she has to say. Hi, Rima and Pike. It's Anwen here, and I watched Unfair Game last night. Oh, my God, the show is just continues to be so amazing and there's so much that's revealed which makes it satisfying but then so much that keeps you going with a little intrigues of things that are going to happen and it's getting to the point now with two episodes left that I kind of don't want it to end but I also do want it to end because I know what's going to happen I want to know what's going to happen and um, it's just awesome the funny thing was about watching this episode last night was earlier in the evening we had watched um, Home Alone 2 with the kids and when <laughs> when the guy was chasing Dexter through the forest and then when Dexter lured him into the summer camp and it was just too funny because it was the injured buffoon stumbling through the dark abandoned building and you knew he was going to get attacked by a hero and it was just too close to Kevin McAllister I kind of laughed but anyway it was still very dramatic and exciting the two moments that just broke my heart were when Harrison was playing um, baseball practice with Kurt and he just kept asking and asking and asking to be hit by the baseballs and oh god that was just horrifying that he just wants to feel something and he thinks he deserves pain and oh and then the other moment was in the car when Harrison and Dexter hugged and Dexter realized that was all he ever wanted and oh my god it was just so emotional and incredible we loved it so much can't wait to see what happens in the next two episodes um what do you guys think about um Angela has she completely found out about Dexter now it was quite a quick montage but ketamine by Harbour Butcher two recent ketamine incidents where Dexter was do you think she's already put it together do you think she needs much more information or do you think she's going to confront him so exciting anyway thanks again for the podcast you guys love you bye thanks Anwen love you too um I don't know feel like Angela cheated a little bit. <laughs> she broke the universe to get <laughs> or that answer. Somebody uh. cheated for her to give her the information that is false. Right. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. It's not fair. She's that's the unfair game. Is she broke into the multiverse? She's getting new information mm-hmm. that we didn't have mm-hmm. before. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. And I feel like this could go so many ways. I know I speculated before that, you know, when Angela first said you know, I don't need Jim Lindsay. I need Dexter Morgan. Uh, and I speculated, is she going to also need Dexter Morgan and ask him to kill Kurt for revenge for Iris? Um, you know, because even even 
Deb, who was um, very righteous and had her own code uh, that she stuck to, uh, asked Dexter to do it. Um, yeah, that scene will always sit with me where the, the case she was working on when it fell through and the guy got away and she just looks at him like, Dexter, do what you do. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, could could Angela go that far? I, I don't know. Um, will she confront him? I think that's a good possibility, too. I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many different possibilities, so many different theories, and they could all be right. Mm-hmm. Um, any of them would work. But, um, I mean, but what's interesting about Angela, you know, she's not treating him. She's not thinking of him as like her boyfriend. She's very much, I think, um, keeping that part of it distant. And she's able to just look at it very analytically and put all those pieces together. I don't know. I don't know if she, I don't know if Batista is going to kind of come back in the picture. I don't know if we'll get something from Masuka um, and get some more from, you know, Miami Metro. You know, if she'll like reach out to them for more information about the investigation. Um, I don't know. I'm stumped on this one. I really don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Anwin, so much for your feedback. I, I love that you're digging the show. Um. We got another voice message this week from Sean. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, strange indeed. It's me, Sean. Uh, just finished the episode and, uh, like we've got what three episodes left. And this one was definitely one that, uh, there's, there's so many pieces to it. I think, I guess the one that I'll kind of focus on the most, most is just this ending part and kind of seeing that, you know, Harrison looks like he remembers everything. And, you know, you look at what this kid had to go through and you kind of look at Dexter sending him where he did because he thought it would be what was best for him. And just the, the challenge that he is going through right now, you know, especially he's listening to the podcast. So coming here, it's just been a full kind of, you know, you know, mind opening experience and in that moment when he's sitting there when he's holding that switchblade and like just holding it, just being like, you know, thinking that these things were dreams and then realizing that, oh my gosh, like, no, it was real. I remember it all. And oh my gosh, the, the Trinity killer coming back in for just a little extra bit of, you know, walking up and blood all over the place and touching Harrison, baby Harrison at this point and just saying, you know, don't worry, daddy will be home soon. You know, you, you got to feel for this kid and just the challenge that he's in right now. Um, and I mean, gosh, like you look at like, you know, our, our Kurt right now, I guess, I guess I want to talk about more stuff, but, but Kurt, you know, playing this perfectly, you know, it, Iris is apparently his first kill. I know I thought maybe it was his son that did it. Um, looks like time wise, like that, wouldn't have worked out. Um, I, I feel like that, that doesn't seem right in the way it's played. Cause it seemed like Kurt was pretty young, but, um, you know, it was his DNA, but of course he knows that DNA isn't something that is perfect. And so it's like a 60% match. And of course his father would probably do that. And I'm guessing his father's long gone. And, you know, you see that this was his first one, I assume. And it seems like he's got this whole thing of, you know, his dad, um, was the one that, you know, would beat women that he was in cars for. And it seems like, you know, maybe this is some kind of weird thought of like, well, I try to help them, but then if they don't take it, then, you know, something's going to happen to him. So I might as well be the one to do it. Um, and tries to relive that moment each time. Um, I'm not sure what he does with 
the body still like that's something that I'm kind of curious about. But um, I, and I guess the thing I'll end off like there is nothing more that pisses me off in life or in, you know, TV shows, like when the person that we 100% know is guilty and they pull the whole like, well, you know, like you're just doing your job. You don't owe me an apology, but so-and-so owes me an apology. And just like the fact that it's like, no, you are guilty and you are just rubbing it in. And that just irritates me so much, but, um, looks like things are going to pick up. We see Dexter getting kidnapped. It looks like what's going to happen there. What's going to happen with Harrison. Um, just lots of stuff going on. I'm enjoying it. So really excited to see what you guys hear. Uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, Sean. And, um, I should have mentioned it, that that was his feedback for last week's episode, skin of her teeth. Um, yeah, because I think even Fran's email, I think, might have been... Yeah, I think hers was... As well. Yeah, hers was as yeah, well. just kind of context Context, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Our recording schedule's been a little wonky for holidays the past couple weeks, so people are... Are like... A little later, because yeah. we're recording earlier, and don't tell them we don't get that to them, or... So, it, it happens. happens. But, hey, we're always glad to hear from you, even a week later. If you got thoughts about previous episodes... Let us know. Absolutely. I will always include always cool feedback from any episode, but especially because we were off with our schedules a little bit um, the last couple of weeks and really kind of throwing people off and be like, oh, well, I thought I had time. So my apologies. But um, I actually do have a voicemail from Sean for this week's episode. He he I, he. He, right. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry I was late with last week. I was like, nope, it, it, you're totally fine. We changed our schedule um, just because of... of things um i'll like but i'll play it anyway so like i said i will always play a voice message i'll always read your feedback if you send it to me regardless um and it's our fault because we changed uh, the recording schedule but um let me play sean's um, voice message for this week's episode Hey, Rima Pake, it's me, Sean. Uh, uh, so I'm going to give you this uh, review, my my voicemail on Sunday night, right after I finish watching the episode. I'm not waiting until Tuesday. I'm getting it to you right away. Uh, so you get your double dose of me this week. But um, oh my gosh, I just finished the episode uh, and we got two left and it is definitely ramping up. Uh, it was, you know, th- this whole time we're watching this you know, you, you see Harrison and Kurt kind of mingling and you're getting to see, getting to see his girlfriend kind of starting, you know, the sheriff just starting to kind of figure stuff out and like seeing everything tie together. And, um, the, the one thing I wasn't quite sure about, I know the ketamine thing seemed like the, the linchpin to all this, but, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure that, that any of that would have been traceable back to the Bay Harbor butcher. I, c- I could be wrong, but I, I guess I just kind of miss that there was that connection, especially if the bodies have been in the water for so long. Um, but I know like when she went and looked at the, the drug dealer, um, I was like, well, he didn't use the, the shot there. And I forgot. Yeah, actually he did. So, I mean, there's, there's two definite connections there and she's definitely got it all figured out, but um, we got to see a little bit of kind of a wild hunted beyond reason esque situation going on here with you know dexter in the woods and the the lackey going and chasing them uh we see the best dexter you know outsmarting them even when he thinks that he got outsmarted by the the dude he's still outsmarting dexter's always 10 steps ahead but um you know i just really want to talk about that last scene too so you know dexter's right there 
or I'm sorry, Kurt's right there. Harrison is running is basically saying, Hey, sorry, sins of your father kind of thing. And who shows up just in the nick of time is Dexter and, you know, drives him off. And that embrace at the end, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's, you know, father, son, like that's like the most emotion we've seen from Dexter that I can recall ever. Maybe, maybe the only other time I saw so much emotion was when he uh, discovered uh, Harrison in the, you know, the, the blood of his mother. And, you know, he, I think you kind of see that whole like progression of like, oh shit. And then this, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you know, he's calling, he's texting, he's trying to get a hold of him because, you know, something bad's going to happen. He gets there just in time and that embrace, that hug at the end. And, um, he, he breaks the news to him and lets him know what's going on and lets him know that, you know, he's got urges and he's got a code and, um, I'm not sure what's going to go. Cause like in this, like the whole thing, I've been bouncing back and forth with Harrison. Like in the beginning, I'm like, man, this dude's done some stuff, you know, he's, you know, on that Dexter path. And then a couple episodes, you know, like we saw him going to his girlfriend's room and that seemed kind of sketchy. And then there's this whole thing. And, and then, like, even here when he's in this uh, cabin and he he didn't seem like he's, I don't know, it always seems like Dexter seems like he's kind of comfortable with death, even though he doesn't like blood when it's his own. I feel like he's he's got some kind of connection with it that he's not scared, but I really saw that from Harrison in this. And, you know, again, Dexter breaks it to him, they get the big embrace, and, you know, we get the end. You know, his, his girlfriend knows or is about to tie those connections and uh just oof but great episode only two left you know that's what i said like the big question is like is this the last season for sure but man it is ramping up and i cannot wait for these next two episodes and i love that you know it's christmas was yesterday and they're tying this into the kind of the christmas time frame um you know it's not a spoiler but if anybody's watching hawkeye hawkeye did the same thing like when the episode comes out it's right around christmas and i always kind of enjoy that little you know kind of connection it always makes it feel kind of cool whenever like whatever's happening you know irl in real life you know it's kind of rep- at least the time frame is being represented in the shows but uh so excited to hear what you guys said two more episodes left definitely going to get you guys these on sunday so that you can be excited to hear from me and uh i'll talk to you guys tomorrow and oof, i hope you guys had a merry christmas and have a happy new year all right that's Thanks, awesome sean. thank you sean <laughs> appreciate that love his enthusiasm Oh, yeah. All right. So we got another voice message from Steve. See what his thoughts are. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is going to be for Dexter Big Game. Previous. These guys trying again, and oh, but Harrison got one of them, and now, oh, they're at Dexter's house. Is it actually happening, or is Dexter dreaming it? Oh, he shot him in the leg. Okay, so maybe it was just room. Oh, unfair game. Name of the title. Oh, I got a surprise for you. What's Kurt up to here? Bringing the kid to the school, and I don't know. <laughs> Summer camp, perfect place for a serial killer to make his stand. I think I saw that coming that he was going to start aiming at Harrison. How many times is he going to hit him? Okay, what's the point here? Is Harrison trying to prove how tough he is? How to Kurt? I don't understand. That timing doesn't sound right. So Dexter had an hour with the guy, the, the guy he called, the, the guy that he killed and faked the OD, I mean. Dexter, are you just going to leave the knife there with your fingerprints on it? Oh, the needle to the throat. That's going to be how she catches him. Never read texts when they're on the television. Oh, that's a bit of an ominous line. Sometimes the kid ends up uh, yeah, paying the consequences for 
what his father did. Ooh. Oh no. He is gonna kill him. Is Dexter gonna run him down? Well, now it's Kurt who's running. Oh, tender moment between dad and son. It's still Christmas Eve, right? Oh, okay. Now we have to wait a week to find out how this turns out. And we still got two more episodes, right? Oh, but he's, he told him. And uh, ooh, how much more is he going to tell him? How much is Angela going to figure out? Oh, all right. Talk to you later. <laughs> so good. I was vibing with the music there at the end. I know. Always do. <laughs> no, I love it so much. It's everything. It's just everything. <sighs> wow. Thank you, everyone, so much for your feedback this week. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, again, we should be back to our regular schedule, so um, you should be able to get us your feedback in time. All right. Next week... Uh, on Strange Indeed, uh, we will be covering the ninth episode of Dexter New Blood titled The Family Business. Ooh, <laughs> I have not seen the name. I have not seen the title until right now and looking at my agenda as you read it. And I got real excited right now. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, so many. That can mean so many things. I don't know. I cannot wait. God. Whew. It's going to be so hard. Bring it on. I mean, I need it. I know. I, I really, I mean, thankfully, I've got other things to help kind of distract me from having to wait for so long until Sunday till the episode. But, oh, man. Dad joke incoming. Ah, too bad I have to wait till next year to watch this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, ah, had to. Yeah, because it's going to be um, January 2nd, right? Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. we've got New Year's coming up. Anyway, we are excited that you followed us to the Kill Room. Uh, we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts as well. A lot of great things happening at Podcastica. Um, House Podcastica is wrapping up their coverage on Wheel of Time. Um, mm-hmm. That last episode, I believe, was airing. Is it this week? Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, okay, aired, it's aired. So the, the, the series is over. I don't know if their, I don't know if their last coverage of the fa- final episode is out Yeah, yet. I don't know. I, can't, I haven't looked. Um been kind of busy with this episode and then um they've also been covering on house podcastica uh dual same as what we have been doing with lock and key and dexter um they were covering wheel of time and um the show yellow jackets which premieres um after dexter if you're watching dexter um either streaming it or on showtime when it airs you've probably seen uh previews for the show or maybe you've been watching the show it's fascinating it's certainly captivated so many of us. If you are a fan of Dexter, I really think you would totally dig this show as well. Um, yeah. And so you, if you are watching that show, you should totally check them out on um, House Podcastic with their coverage because it's it's pretty great. Um, and then, of course, also coming up um, this week, um, Boba Fett premiered today. Oh, so Is it good. good? Star Wars I haven't watched it yet. Inside was just freaking out. Like... Like, the opening of the show. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but 
Like within like the first five minutes, I was already like, "Oh my god!" I love so much what Disney's <laughs> doing with these Star Wars shows. It's it's really. I mean, I can't talk enough about the Mandalorian and how amazing it is, and how it just it's like my inner child watching Star Wars is just makes my heart burst. So they're doing fantastic mm-hmm. things. So I'm really excited to watch Boba Fett. I haven't watched it yet, but that premiered today. So. Jason will be covering that as well. So if you're enjoying Boba Fett, be sure to check out his coverage on that. And good Lord, let's talk about another one that's also coming out this week. And that is Cobra Kai premieres um, uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve on Netflix. Which means I will stay up till 2 a.m. technically (laughs) Thursday night, tomorrow night, or or tonight when you hear this, maybe if this is up later. (laughs) But so, so on Thursday, it's going to have to be another late night gotta watch the first two episodes of cobra kai and i will stop myself there because that's all you guys are covering to begin i mean and i'm gonna i'm gonna ride with you guys i'm gonna do what i can there's a lot well we do cover and i'm also just for anyone who doesn't know and i don't know how you don't know because i talk about it a lot um how much i love talking about cobra kai uh with jason and rich on house podcastica we have so much fun it's such a great feel-good show um and a great palate cleanser you know for a lot of the dark things that we watch um you should definitely be watching cobra kai if you're a fan of the karate kid um it's it's just an amazing heartwarming show that is i don't know i can't say enough good things about it you should totally watch it but we do cover two episodes um each um episode that that we publish um, because they're shorter episodes, they're usually around 30, 35 minutes or so. So we just mm-hmm. go ahead and cover two at a time. So we get through it pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, but it is, it's tough not to watch ahead because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot going on uh, over at Podcastica with all of um, the podcasting happening there. Check them, check them out. Check us out. Um, we're pretty excited. And you know, on the subject of great podcasts, um, be sure you check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called Run for Your Lives. And I know you talked to us a little bit last night when we were talking Lock and Key, um, but would you like to, to again tell our listeners about what you guys have going on this week? Absolutely. This week on Run for Your Lives, our last episode of the year. And then we'll be back next week with, with more. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but the last episode of 2021, and we are diving into complete and utter pandemonium <laughs> as we are bringing on our good friend Jerry Gomez, who is a pun aficionado just like myself, likes to make all kinds of jokes and references and puns. And we are talking the just absolutely insane Tim Burton film Mars Attacks oh and punishing Daphne for an hour and... Does she survive the onslaught of ridiculousness for me and Jerry? Stay tuned. Yeah. Poor Daphne. (laughs) I feel for her. I feel for her. Well, that sounds fun. Uh, I remember that movie. I don't think I've watched it since uh, it came out many, many moons ago. Um, Yeah. And like I said on Looking Key yesterday, it's not good. But uh, I think that's kind of the point is it's it's so not good that it's so much fun to watch because it's just bonkers yeah it is it is that for sure well it's a it's a good choice and i'm sure that you guys will have a lot of fun with it so it's a good choice and a nice way to wrap up and and you just reminded me that this is our last show of 2021 yeah i'm i'm okay with with 
uh, an episode of Dexter being our, our last one. We, we, we podcasted on Lock and Key um, last night with, with you and me and Jason. And yeah, tonight, you and I covering Dexter. This is our final show of 2021. We're going to... Two great oh shows to round out the yeah, year. Yeah, we just wrapped it I'm up. We it. just That was the finale. So we just wrapped that coverage up. Um, we have two more episodes of Dexter. We had a couple of folks ask us, what's next? Uh, I don't know. Stay tuned. Um, we mm-hmm. we think... Maybe a little bit of a break after all of this double, triple duty everybody's been doing, I'll but be, we'll be see. We'll be perfectly assess. honest with you. There could be a slight, at least a one-week break I'm I'm looking at. We'll talk further about mm-hmm. if, if there's a two-week break. I don't know. But just be prepared that after um, we wrap Dexter, there could be... Paik and I... Um, I know just for Strange Indeed alone, we've been doing double duty. And then um, I've guested on other podcasts and, and helped with other things. And then, Paik, you've also been covering on Run For Your Lives at the same time. Um, so yeah. it's been a lot. Yeah. So for the last, I mean, since Lock and Key... Well, actually, no, before... Because then, didn't we have a... I'm trying to remember if we even had a little crossover with Midnight Mass and Lock and Key. I don't remember if we timed that out. Maybe we didn't cross over then, but definitely when Lock and Key started. Yeah, I've been doing like three episodes, three podcasts a week. Plus, I think I jumped onto Wilhelm once at least, and there's four that week or something. So it's been packed. But it ha- I mean, look, I, I wouldn't trade it. We knew what we were getting into when we said yeah. we were going to do it, and it was the best. I have no regrets because I'm so glad that we covered Midnight Mass when we did, and we did have some overlap, and we've been doing um, double duty for some time. Um, so, And then I'm also jumping, um, you know, like I said, Cobra Kai starts this week. And we're still covering Dexter, so I'm still going to be doing double duty. Um, so there, there might be a little bit of a break there, so I can t- kind of take a breath. Um, take two. Uh, we'll we'll announce something and see what you guys have have to say. Um, but yeah. yeah, a lot. We'll see what's coming up next. So stick around. That's great. So now that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima, and I'm Pake, and David McMillian is strange indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.